This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com. special on ethics of our fathers, Pirkei Avot, which is what we study every Shabbat between Pesach and Shavuot. The Mishnah starts out that Moshe Kibbal Torah Messina, Moshe received the Torah from Sinai to teach us that just like the rest of the Mishnayot, which deal with the laws, the 613 mitzvot and the laws, the oral Torah, was given at Sinai. It's all part of the Torah. Hashem gave to Moshe the written Torah and the oral Torah. So too, the ethics of our fathers are not just something that's man-made that the rabbis pulled out of their hat. And, but it was also transmitted to Moshe at Sinai. And this we learn before Shavuot, before the giving of the Torah, because it says, Derech Eretz Kadma Torah. Derech Eretz, respect, comes before the giving of the Torah. The question is, what's the source for the ethics of our fathers? We're not talking about obligation or not obligation. Obligation that we have the rest of the Mishnayot. We're talking about going beyond the letter of the law. Chasidut, going beyond the letter of the law. What's the source? What's the source at Sinai? What's the source for this concept? of chasidut, of going beyond the letter of the law. So much so that it's a part and it's incorporated in the oral Torah. Ethics of our fathers is part of the fourth order of the Mishnah. There are six orders of the Mishnah. The first order is Zerayim, which deals with the laws of agriculture. The second order of the Mishnah is Mayed, which deals with the holidays, Shabbat and all the holidays. The third order of the Mishnah is Nashim, which deals with marriage and relationships, etc. And the fourth order of the Mishnah is Nizikin, damages. And this is towards the end of the fourth order of the Mishnah, after we discuss the Sanhedrin, the laws of judges. So then, Rebbe introduces Pirkei Avot, ethics of our father. But Maimonides, in his magnum opus, the 14 books of the Torah, that he called Mishnah Torah because it incorporates the whole entire oral Torah. He says, all you need to study is the five books of Moshe and my book, and you have the whole entire Torah, the written Torah as well as the oral Torah. Where does the Rambam bring in these laws of ethics of our fathers? Right at the beginning. The very first law, the set of laws are the te- first ten chapters, the ten chapters of Yisaydeh HaTorah, which are basically the 13 principles of Jewish faith. That's number one. That's how he starts out with. The foundation of all foundation and the pillar of all pillars, because that's the foundation. And the pillar, <laughs> he named it Yisaydeh HaTorah, the foundations of Torah. But then, what's the next set of laws? Hilchas Deus, laws of character. The theme of ethics of our father. 
before he discusses any other laws, before he discusses the details, the laws of studying of Torah, the laws of idolatry, Rebbe Rabbein HaKadosh puts it at the end of the fourth of the six orders of the Mishnah. Towards the end of the fourth. The Rambam places it right at the beginning. Derech Eretz, Why is this so primary? So prominent? And the Rambam gives us a fascinating introduction. The very first chapter, he discusses the difference between what we're obligated to and what's considered chasidut, going beyond the letter of law. And with this he explains a very interesting mitzvah, mitzvah number 611, one of the last mitzvot in the Torah, in the end of, book of, of the book of Deuteronomy. The Torah says, you should follow in Hashem's footsteps. And this becomes a mitzvah. What does it mean, follow in God's footsteps? Of course, when, if you're doing the 630 mitzvot, you're following in God's footsteps. God practices what He preaches, you're following in Hashem's footsteps. That would not be reason enough to count it as a mitzvah. As Maimonides says in this 14 roots and explanations of how you categorize the 613 mitzvot, you don't count a generalization, a general thing, be holy, be following God's footsteps. That's, that's a general, that's not a mitzvah. A mitzvah has to be specific, concrete. So how could you count this mitzvah following God's footsteps as a specific mitzvah? So the Talmud says, Rabbi Chama, the son of Rabbi Hanina said, this is in the tract at Saita, page 14, he said, what does it mean go follow in God's footsteps? What does that mean? Is it possible to follow in God's footsteps? He says, God is fire. So he says, what it means is you should follow God's character traits. Just like God clothes the naked, like he did with Adam and Chava, they were naked and he gave them clothes. So follow in God's footsteps, clothe the naked. Just like God visited the sick when Avram was sick after the circumcision of the bris. Hashem appeared to him to visit him, so you should also visit the sick. Just like God comforted the mourners after Avram passed away, it says God comes to Yitzchak to bless him, to comfort him. So too you should go visit, make a shiva call, go visit, visit the mourners. God buried the dead. It says, God buried Moshe, so do you also bury the dead? It doesn't answer the question. Because all of these things that the, that, that the Talmud mentions are already included in the Torah. It says, love your fellow Jew like yourself. It says, you should be kind. It's all included. It's part of being kind. It's part of being giving tzedakah. It's all, these are mitzvot. You should, tzedakah means you have to help a person, whatever he needs. If he needs clothes, give him clothes. If he needs food, give him clothes, food. What, what doesn't explain why this is a specific mitzvah? What is this mitzvah exactly? Following God's footsteps. So Maimonides gives a very original, a fascinating explanation in this opening chapter of the laws of character, Hilcha's days. He says, every human being is born with a certain nature, with certain inclination. And by nature, our natures are extreme. 
some people get angry, always angry, upset. Everything triggers them off. The slightest thing and they're already blowing up and they're losing their temper and they're upset. Other people, the exact opposite. Never gets angry. Calm. You never see, you never see him lose his temper. You have people who are very arrogant. They're their own best fans, biggest fans. <laughs> they suffer from superiority complexes. You have some people just the exact opposite. They suffer from inferiority complexes. He says you have people who love to indulge, love to enjoy life, love to suck the marrow out of life, love to luxuriate in every pleasure and get into every indulgence. You have people who don't, uh, don't indulge in material things, don't care about material things, even things that are basics and necessities. They just do the minimum and they're happy. They're not pursuing material pleasure. There are people who are greedy. They can't get enough. They need more money and more money. And they're obsessed. Another penny, another dollar, another nickel, another quarter, another dime. Another, they just can't get enough. And whatever they have, they just feel they have to get more. And there are other people who live very modestly. They make do with the bare minimum. They're not running after money. They're not running after the... There are people who are stingy. They won't even spend a penny on themselves. Billionaires who are cutting out coupons and won't spend a penny on themselves walking around with rags. You would think they're, <laughs> they're beggars. They don't fagin. They can't fagin to spend a penny on themselves. There are others who are stingy with others, but not with themselves, not with their family. And there are others, the exact opposite. They're generous. Whatever they have, they share, they give with an open arm. They're just very giving and generous. There are people who are cruel by nature. Just cruel people, heartless. There are people who are just loving by nature, kind. There are people who are courageous by nature, strong. There are people who are cowards. Smallest thing, and they're, they're, they're like already shaking in their boots and trembling. There are people who are joyful, jovial, happy. There are people always with a scowl, always angry and sad. And... So you have all types of natures. So by, by the way Hashem created us, we're born with either one extreme or the other extreme. What's the ideal? The ideal is to be perfectly balanced. Not extreme. A person has to be well balanced. You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of others. You shouldn't be a pushover. Everyone can step over you. But you have to get angry sometimes. But on the other hand, don't get ticked off in, every, in the slightest thing. You have to be generous, but not to a fault that you, you bankrupt yourself. You let people take advantage of you. You have to be, take care of yourself and take care of others. There has to be a perfect balance. No human being is born perfect. Only God is perfect. God is perfect. So when we say that Hashem is kind, Hashem is compassionate, 
God's compassion and God's kindness is a perfect blend, a perfect harmony, perfect, perfectly balanced. And Maimonides explains, this is what the mitzvah in the Torah is. The Torah is telling us that just like Hashem is kind, so too you have to be that type of kind. You have to, your kindness has to emulate Hashem's kindness. Just like God's kindness is perfect, so too your kindness also has to be perfect. That's a mitzvah. It's an obligation. It's an imperative. Nobody is born this way. So what it means is you have to change your character. You have to change your nature from the extreme to the middle. You have to push the needle to the center. Nobody is born perfect. Nobody. Everyone is either this extreme, the other extreme, or at least tendencies to this extreme, the other extreme. So the Torah is telling us that our kindness shouldn't just be natural. Because it makes me feel good, because I'm born this way, because I like. It has to be a divine type of kindness. A kindness that's perfect but a type of kindness that you have to work on yourself, you have to work on your character. You have to work on yourself. That's what the mitzvah is. You should follow in Hashem's footsteps. That you're just like Hashem is kind. Your kindness should be like Hashem's kindness. Not telling us to be kind. That we already learned. Love your fellow Jew like yourself. Give tzedakah. But it's how Hashem does His kindness. It's divine. It's perfect. No human being is born perfect. You have to work on it. Your kindness, you have to work on it, you have to change your nature. That's the mitzvah. That's the obligation. Every Jew is obligated to work on his nature. And this becomes mitzvah number one. In the Rambam, the Rambam puts it right at the beginning, before all the other mitzvah. Not like ethics of our fathers that's at the, towards the end of the fourth order. The Rambam puts it right at the beginning, right after the foundations of the Torah, the, six, the uh, 13 principles of faith, before he gets into any halacha, before the, stu- <coughs> the, the laws of studying Torah, before the laws of idolatry, before all the mitzvot in the Torah, all 14 books, he puts this right at the beginning. As the great Rapsadya Goin, the greatest of the Goinim says, that the purpose why God created the world, the reason why the soul comes down into this world is, the whole purpose of life is, to change the nature of your character, to change your character, change your midas. This is what Yiddishkeit is about. Yiddishkeit is all about changing your personality, changing your character, working on your character, working on yourself. It doesn't come natural. Nobody is born perfect. Every one of us has to be commanded empowered and challenged and it's imperative upon us to change and move the needle from one extreme to the center. And that's why he starts out Ethics of Our Fathers. Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. Why is he starting out Moshe Kibel Torah? And why does he say from Sinai? He says Moshe received the Torah from God. But he's telling us here then why is Moshe the one who received the Torah? Because who was Moshe? Why was Moshe the most qualified human being ever 
to go to heaven and back three times to receive the Torah. Because who was Moshe? Moshe was the most humble person that ever lived. His character. Where did he receive the Torah from? From Sinai. Why was Sinai chosen from all the mountains? Why was Sinai chosen of all the other mountains? The rabbis tell us. Because Sinai was the most humble of all the mountains. All the other mountains were bickering and fighting over who should merit to receive the Torah. And Sinai didn't even offer itself. It was so humble. I'm the smallest of all the mountains. And that's why God fell in love with Sinai and chose Sinai. So what he's telling us here is that Torah, Torah has to change you. Torah is not just studying information, studying knowledge. It's not enough just to follow the laws, the mitzvot, the physical. But just like God created the world, God also created love, kindness, emanates from himself, love and kindness and goodness. And it's a divine love. And it's a divine compassion. And it's a divine goodness. A perfect blend, a perfect harmony. So there is a specific mitzvah, an obligation, imperative to become, following God's footsteps, to become more divine. How do you become more divine? By changing, working on your personality, working on your character, going away from your natural inclination, moving from the extreme to the center. This is an obligation. And that's why it's called Ethics of Our Fathers, Pirkei Avot. The rabbis were called, not just rabbis and teachers, they're called our fathers. We are their children. Because the rabbis weren't just brilliant. Brilliance doesn't rub off. When you meet someone who's brilliant, his brilliance doesn't rub off on you. A father has an impact. A father has children, gives birth to children. Because the father are the emotions, the character. The rabbis were holy, they were saintly. They lived an ethical life. They lived the Torah. They became the Torah. They didn't just teach brilliant ideas and brilliant concepts. They embodied these ideas. That's why throughout Ethics of Our Fathers, he says, He used to say, Yoisi ben Ye'ezer is Shreda Oymer. First he says the name, and then he says Oymer, he says, which is very strange. Throughout the Talmud, you only use this expression whenever there's an argument. So whenever he says Rabbi Meir Oymer, Rabbi Yudha Oymer, is an argument. If, if a rabbi makes a statement and there is no argument, invariably it says, Omar, a rabbi makes a statement, says, Omar. He's not arguing with anyone. He's making a statement. Throughout Ethics of Our Fathers, he says, the rabbi said, Why? He's not arguing. They're not arguing with each other. Why does he say, What he's trying to tell us is, 
that it's not just a declaration, a statement that this rabbi is making, a clever statement, an, an, an interesting idea. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, by his very being, by his life, he's Oimer, he's stating. He's making a statement by being, by his very being, he is living the statement. Rabbi Shimon is, by his life, his life is making this statement, the following ethical statement. His whole being is telling us this. The way he lived his life is telling us this. Who he was and how he lived, by his life he's declaring and making this statement. It's not just a clever idea, an interesting concept. Rabbi Shimon himself, his being, his life, Oimer, his life is telling us the following statement. That's why they only chose a few statements. There were thousands of rabbis and each one said thousands of brilliant things throughout their lifetime. Yet he only chooses a handful of things. Because he's not just telling us a clever statements. He's telling us a type of statement that characterizes Rabbi Shimon. This was his life. This is what he lived. This was his motto. This is, this is what gave him life. This is what he embodied. Who, who what he was, his being spoke and announced and taught us the following statement. It was a declaration made of life, of real life. Because this is a rabbi, this is Torah. It's personal. You can't just be detached, cold and detached, intellectually observing. You have to dive in, you have to get involved. You have to be all in. It has to change you. It has to affect your middas, your character. If it doesn't affect your middas, then what's the whole point of the Torah? That's why Maimonides puts it right at the beginning. This is what it's all about. It's not about the brilliance, and it's not about the cleverness, and it's not about... It's about you. Is the Torah going to change you? Is Hashem going to change you? Is it changing your character, your personality, your characteristic traits? If it doesn't change your character, if you don't move the needle with all your brilliance and all your learning, you miss the whole point of everything that follows. So this is obligation. This is imperative. This is the mitzvah, mitzvah 611. That's what Hashem demands of each and every Jew. That he expects of each and every Jew and He empowers each and every Jew. We have the ability and He expects of us to move the needle from our innate and inherent and born tendencies of extreme, one extreme of human nature, and move it to the center, to the middle, to be perfectly balanced, harmonious, beautiful blend between two opposites to create the perfect character. Just like Hashem is perfect, so too we should emulate Hashem and our kindness and all our characteristic traits should be centered. Why did they make it 611? Oh, the order of the mitzvot, I don't know. That, that, that's a divine mystery. I don't know. That's, I don't know the order. But this is in the Torah. This is the end of the Torah, 611, third to the last mitzvah. But this is the mitzvah, not because it's, it's not important. But after giving us the whole Torah, he's telling us we should follow in Hashem's footsteps and we should 
yearn to be divine. We should emulate the divine. So this is obligation. What is chasidus? Going beyond the letter of the law. Going beyond obligation. Something that we can't demand. It's not demanded of us. It's not even expected of us. But whoever does it is like heroic. A chasid. A chasid, he said, is someone who has the ability to change his nature. Not only from one extreme to the center, but to change his nature from one extreme to the opposite extreme. To change your nature 180 degrees. A person who's born mean and nasty, to be able to change his nature 180 degrees that he becomes the kindness, kindest soul and spirit. This is like, like climbing Mount Everest. You can't demand this of everyone. You can't expect it of anyone. And whoever does this, wow, we take our hats off. He's a chassid, he's a hero. It's heroic, it's courageous. To change your nature 180 degrees. To take Hashem so seriously. And to be able to completely transform your character. To completely transform your nature. This the Rambam says, this is off the charts. This is already a chasid. This is milsa da chasidusa. This is going beyond the letter of law. We're not demanding, we're not expecting. But we take our hats off. And this is the theme of ethics of our fathers. Milsa the Chasidusa, to go beyond the letter of... But it's along the spirit. What's the source of going beyond the... What's the source of ethics of our fathers? Yes, the Torah does say, Kedoshim Tiyu, you should be holy. As Nachmanari says, at the mitzvah you should be holy because otherwise a person could be a scoundrel. You can follow every law in the book and you're a scoundrel because you're not living by the spirit of the law. You technically, I can't take you to court. Technically, you're like you're within the law, but there's a spirit to the law. There's a soul to the law. There's a purpose. The Torah can't spell everything out. The Torah is trying to tell you, be a mensch. So it's telling you this way, that way, the other way, a third way, a fifth way. But a person who technically, you can't take me to court, but you're a scoundrel. You're a bum. You're not living in the spirit of the law. If you're living a life of indulgence, maybe it's glad kosher. I didn't do anything wrong. But that's, what's the spirit of the law? The spirit of the law is don't be a glutton and don't be a, a pig and don't, don't live like a glutton and just indulge. Life has to have a higher purpose. So not everything that's kosher and glad kosher and is permissible, you have to indulge it. You have to live, the Torah is trying to tell you to live a little more of a spiritual life. A life filled with content, with, with a higher purpose, thinking about Hashem. So a person who's doing everything following the law is obviously violating the spirit of the law and it's not living up to Kedoshim Tiyu. The spirit of the law is you should be holy. So that's a specific myth. But what's the source of the ethics? So the Rambam starts out and he says, he puts it in the same chapter. He says the source is the whole idea of mitzvah 611 that you have to follow in Hashem's footsteps which means you have to change your personality. You have to change your character. This is the foundation of Judaism, of Torah. He puts it before anything. Number one item he puts on the agenda. The laws of character. If you don't get this, you don't get anything in the Torah. You missed the whole point. As Rapsatya Goyen says, the whole purpose of Torah is you have to change, work on yourself, change your personality, change your character, work on your characteristic traits. Not enough just to 
change your behavior. You also have to work on your jealousies and your angers and, and, and your arrogance and, your, and all of these things. You have to work on it. And you have to have, create a character that, that's a perfect blend, a perfect harmony, a delight. Which only Hashem is perfect. But we have, so we have an obligation to work, change our human nature which tends towards one extreme or the other extreme and create something that's... In, but if you take that spirit and take it all the way to the end, you change 180 degrees, not just you move the needle to the center, you move, you're able to change the exact opposite of your nature. This is heroic, this is, this is unbelievable, this is a chaser, this is going way beyond the letter of the law, no one is obligating you, no one is expecting it of you, but if you do this, you're our hero, you're, that's a chaser. That's ethics of our father. But this is in theme, very much in theme, with the whole foundation and the root of Yiddishkeit, which is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem the unity of Hashem. As the Rambam says, that God is one. God is an absolute unity. And the implication of that is, if we believe in the unity of Hashem, we have to reflect that unity. How do we reflect that unity? We, that we become one. We have to become one. That we have to become one with the Torah that we learn. The Torah that we learn, how do we become one with the Torah that we learn? That's the emotions. That's the heart. That's the person. The person is his heart. The person is his character. The person is his personality. It's not his mind. How do you become one with what you're learning, with the ideas that you're learning, with the Torah? When your heart becomes one. When you become one. When your personality and character become one. So how do you become one with the divine? God is fire. How could you follow in Hashem's footsteps? Follow in His paths? How could we become one with God? God is fire. You can't get close to fire. How do we become one with God? The Ram says, you want to know how you become one with God? When you change and you change your character and you change your personality, when the Torah that you're learning affects you and you become one, you become unified with the idea that you're learning. The, alert, the idea that you're learning changes you, affects you, inspires you to change your character and change your personality. You're following in Hashem's footsteps. You are becoming one in your life. You're reflecting God's oneness. You can't become one with God. God is, is, God is fire. Hashem How do we become one? But when God, since God is unified, when we become unified, we reflect that unity by changing our character, emulating God. Just like God is kind and compassionate, so we emulate that kindness and that compassion. It's a perfect kindness. It's a perfect compassion. By working in our personality and working our character and changing inside. That's how we become one. That's how we become unified. We reflect God's unity. So God is. It's His being. God and His being are one. So to Yiddishkeit also has to become our being. Not just something that we do. That we already had a mitzvah before. Be kind. Be generous. Give tzedakah. 
love your fellow Jew like yourself. What's 611 adding? What's the mitzvah 611 adding? Mitzvah 611 is adding and telling us it's not enough to do the right thing. But it has to affect your being. You have to become godly, unified. Your kindness has to be the same way that God is kind. It has to affect you. It has to become your being. And you have to work on it. It doesn't come natural. And it's only when you're able to make that change in your personality, in your character, in your emotions, then you are following in God's footsteps. Then Yiddishkeit is something that touches your being, touches your emotions, touches your character, touches your personality. It touches you. And that's all God expects of us. But a person who takes it and changes 180 degrees, this is already a chasit. This is over the top. This is heroic. This is courageous. This is to be able to change your nature, to have the presence of mind and to have that strength of character, to be able to climb Mount Everest, to have that urge and that need and that drive and that energy and that strength, to be able to completely change your nature 180 degrees. This is a dedication and a devotion and a connection which is so powerful. That means a Yiddishkeit has really touched your essence, touched. Hashem really touched you in the deepest way possible. Ethics of our fathers. That's why the rabbis were our fathers. You know why they were the rabbis who received the Torah and transmitted the Torah? And all the laws that we study in the whole Torah, oral Torah and oral tradition, why it comes through the rabbis? The Torah comes through people. The Torah was given to people, to human beings. Moshe was a human being. The Torah was given to human beings, to people, and they are the transmitters, and they are the authorities of the oral Torah, and they are our fathers. Because they were living embodiment, living examples of how the Torah affected them as humans, affected them personally, changed them, changed them personally. And this is an obligation that every one of us is obligated. Torah has to change us personally. If Torah doesn't change us, if with all the brilliance and all the knowledge and all the information we're the same character, characteristic traits the way we were before we learned Torah, then Torah had zero effect. You missed the whole point of the whole entire time. That's not Yiddishkeit. It's not Torah. It's not divine. It's not God. Therefore, Maimonides puts it right at the beginning. The laws of character. It comes before anything. It's, it's unbelievable how he puts it right at the beginning. Because this is what it's all about. This is the goal. Is it godly? Is it divine? What's the test? The acid test? If it changes you. If it doesn't make a dent. You think this is like a chess game? We're just playing chess to prove how clever you are and how brilliant you are and how smart you are. And how... this, is, this is for real. God is real. Hashem Echad. Torah is real. What's the acid test? How did it change you? How did it affect you? All Jews read Ethics of Our Fathers in Pesach and Shavuos. Six weeks, six Shabbosim. And uh, our customers, we continue it 
till Rosh Hashanah. So we, so we learn it another three times between Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah. So for half a year, basically, for six months, we're studying ethics of our fathers. This helps carry us through the spring and summer months, the most challenging, spiritually challenging times of the year. <laughs> to keep your head above water and not to drown in all the materialism and all the indulgence. So you really need that extra dose, extra strength, how essential it is to Judaism. It's not just a side topic, okay, let's talk some ethics, interesting ideas. This is, this is Moshe, Kibbal, Torah, Misinai. This is, gets to the whole essence of what Torah is all about. And to emphasize this, Maimonides places it right at the beginning. I mean, there's nothing more he can do to shout from the rooftops, realize how important it is, now, how primary it is and how essential it is and how this is the beginning and this is what it's all about and this is Deus character. What made you choose today as the day to learn this as opposed to these wonderful words of Tanya? Well, this is Hasidus. This is all based on Tanya because Tanya and Hasidus is all about changing, working on yourself, working on your becoming, not only doing Jewish, but being Jewish. Being godly, not just doing godly, but also being godly and then uh, aspiring to be godly, to be like the tzaddik, to be godly, to change, to personalize it, to internalize it, to integrate it, to make it real for you. That's only with the heart. If your heart is not involved, there's no chassidus, there's no soul, there's no passion, there's no joy. That's a Judaism that's divorced and bereft. A Judaism, it's, a, it's a detached, a mental exercise, a disconnected head, a disembodied head, without a heart, without a soul. That's why Jews couldn't run away fast enough, because that was the Yiddishkeit that they were exposed to. In Eastern Europe, Yiddishkeit became disconnected, soulless. And Hasidus reattached the head to the heart, to the soul. Yiddishkeit has to be a living, breathing, alive, personal. You take it to heart. And that gives birth. That leads to results. That leads to change. Without that fire, without that, 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 that there's no change. So, so, it, this is ethics of our fathers, Milsa de Hasidusa. This is Hasidus. This is, gets right to the heart of Hasidus. So now that we started learning ethics of our fathers, I'm going to be spending the next six months learning ethics of our fathers. I think it's important to take a few minutes and to discuss, discuss this. What's the source for it? And, and Maimonides is very original. Maimonides spells it out and lays it out and and the order and the sequence, how he puts it, uh, he, he's speaking volumes. This is his introduction to... Uh, oh, this is the first book. The first book of the of 14 the, books. Of the Mishnah Torah. Mishnah Torah, the first book, right after the laws of the foundations of the Torah. Right away, he starts with the laws of Deus, the laws of character, the, the discussion of ethics of our fathers. This becomes number one. So where would you find it in those Mishnah and those... Book number one. In, 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 in the, the first book, the book of uh, Mada. Book number one, law number two. So Maimonides is teaching us and speaking volumes. He's explaining here something very fundamental. 
explains it at great length, the first chapter, it's worthwhile to learn inside. He explains the mitzvah 611, what does it mean to follow in God's footsteps, what, what's the specific mitzvah, what, what are the expectations. And building on that, you take that a step further, you get to the milsa da chasidusa, you get to the, the ability to completely change, 180 degree, this is already heroic, courageous, but, but the entire Judaism is about changing your nature. That's how he starts off, and he explains. It's fascinating how he lays it all out. And um, so I think it's important to understand, have an understanding of the place and the role that ethics of our fathers places in Yiddishkeit and how essential it is. It's not just peripheral or extracurricular or, you know, it's, it's, Shabbos afternoon, you're a little tired, uh, nothing else to do, okay, let's, let's read a little ethics of our father, you know. <laughs> this, is, this is essential, this is imperative, this is, the Rambam puts it on top of the pyramid, reverses the order from the Mishnah, and puts it all the way on top, right at the beginning, to teach us something, tell us something, speaks volumes how we view this, how essential he view this. Also he's telling us, don't just follow your nature just because it's your nature. You know, nature is just raw material that Hashem gives us, but it's what you do with it. You can turn it into a masterpiece, but if you just let it hang and just let it be, nature is mediocrity. What's nature? Nature is nothing. It's raw potential. What are you going to do with his nature? If you take this raw potential and you work with it, this is a masterpiece. Let's paint the masterpiece. You're the masterpiece. If you work on your nature, take the potential and go to town with it and develop it, and you know, then you can manufacture something beautiful. Everything that's so beautiful, it's, it's, it's taken from raw material and it's manufactured and worked on until it becomes like a masterpiece. Beautiful. But it, it doesn't happen naturally. To take a piece of metal and turn it into a car it doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't, there's no, no cars are born in nature. Nothing designed is born in nature. Everything is from nature, it's the raw material. But to take that raw material and to process it and to turn it into something beautiful, useful, beneficial, exquisite, delightful, it takes a lot of work to take that natural thing and to realize that potential. You're going to have to work. And the, the more exquisite the ultimate design, the harder you're going to have to work and bang and work and knock it until you get it into shape, until you get it into this beautiful desired thing. Same thing as human nature. Human nature, Hashem creates as the human nature. But human nature is raw potential. A person who just follows his nature and follows his instincts and just follows urges, follows nature... You're doomed to mediocrity. You're going to be nothing. And nobody. You're just doomed to mediocrity. Celebrate nature. Be proud of your nature. Doomed to mediocrity. Doomed to nothingness. You want to engineer, become something, something beautiful, something valuable. Hashem gave us all the raw material. But you have to work take that raw material and you work in it, you're going to end up something beautiful, useful, beneficial.
And if you're a chassid, you can really make something exotic and something astound- astonishing, something so valuable, so precious. So that's what he's telling us. Everything in ethics of our fathers is, it's not, nat- not, you have to take your nature and you have to work with it. You have to improve. You have to work on it, improve it, change it. That's the laws of character. That's the mitzvah. You have to change. You have to work on Work on all these natural tendencies that God created you with and all these natural inclinations. Improve in it. Change it. Become better. I'm sure this is just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. It's just the uh, edge of the fork. There's so much here and so much depth and so much to talk about and so much to get into. But ethics of our fathers always had such a special place in our hearts, special place in our lives. There's a reason we learn it six months a year and repeat it and learn it again and again and again because it's so, it's so real. Deep, profound, real, practical, and fundamental. This is the foundation. This is the foundation of Yiddishkeit. That's what the Ramam is telling us. Right after he gives us the foundations of Yiddishkeit, as a continuation of the foundations, the laws of character, because that is the foundation. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.